eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. Once again, your children are here to fellowship with you and the blessings we usually receive. We pray, Lord, that once again you shall bestow them upon us. We are living on the verge of eternity and we have a lot to change in our lives in preparation for the coming of our Lord and Savior and we are so far back from what we ought to be. We realize the shortness of time and the amount of the work, how great it is. Therefore, we come to you at this moment that this time shall be a time for us to come closer to what we ought to be in preparation for your coming. We ask, Lord, that the words which we will hear shall edify and bless and help us, Lord, to be fashioned into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, help me, Lord, to speak as the oracles of God. Grant all of us the gift of your Spirit. Consecrate me to your service. Put your words in my mouth, O Lord, as you did. Put your words in the mouth of Jeremiah and your prophets. I pray, Lord, that we all shall be blessed and edified with these words, that our souls that hunger and test for righteousness shall be filled. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, July 10 The Voice of Experience Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9 The lesson to be learned from the life of Solomon has a special moral bearing upon the life of the aged, of those who are no longer climbing the mountain but are descending and facing the western sun. We expect to see defects in the characters of youth who are not controlled by love and faith in Jesus Christ. We see youth wavering between right and wrong, vacillating between fixed principle and the almost overpowering current of evil. Those of mature age, we expect better things. We look for the character to be established, for principles to be rooted and for them to be beyond the danger of pollution. But the case of Solomon is before us as a beacon of warning. When thou aged pilgrim, who has fought the battles of life, thinkest that thou standest, take heed, lest under the tempter's power, lest thou fall. How, in Solomon's case, was weak vacillating character, naturally bold, firm and determined, shaking like a reed in the wind under the tempter's power. How was an old gnarled cedar of Lebanon, a sturdy oak of Bashan, bent before the blast of temptation? What a lesson for all who desire to save their souls, to watch unto prayer continually. What a warning to keep the grace of Christ ever in their heart, to battle with inward corruptions and outward temptations. Let none venture into sin as he did, 
in the hope that they too may recover themselves. Sin can be indulged only at the peril of infinite loss, but none who have fallen need give themselves up to despair. Aged men, once honored of God, may have defiled their souls, sacrificing virtue on the altar of lust, but there is still hope for them if they repent, forsake sin, and turn to God. The misapplication of noble talents in Solomon's case should be a warning to all. Goodness alone is true greatness. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Voice of Experience. The voice of experience being referred to here is the voice of a man or a woman who have lived long years on the earth and under the sanctified influence of God can give advice to the youth. The voice of experience ought to be one that will guide the youth in the path of righteousness. Solomon had that voice of experience, but not so with many today. One thing that we should learn from the life of Solomon is this. No one is beyond temptation. No one is beyond apostasy. Or, I would say, age and long years of service for God is no guarantee that you cannot fall in the tail end of your life. Long years of service for God is no guarantee that you cannot apostatize. Long years of service in righteousness is not going to make up or offset the evil that you may fall into in your old age. We cannot depend on past glory. We must as we grow in Christ or as we get older in this world, we must ensure that we do not become presumptuous, that we do not become relaxed, that we do not become indifferent and weak to the point that we consider ourselves as one who stands or that we consider ourselves to have arrived. Because when we start to look at ourselves in that manner, self-confidence comes in to stay deeply rooted in us and in self-confidence what follows it is usually presumptuous sin because when someone is self-confident they feel that they can do anything and they can expose themselves to every kind of temptation and danger and nothing will happen to them they will say oh there's nothing big there's no big deal in this or in that i've been doing it and it doesn't affect me those who are older in age need to get some experience for themselves and do not depend on experience but depend on God. The advice to the old and to those who have not, not, not necessarily old per se in age but perhaps you started following God when you were younger and you can say to yourself, oh I've been in the ministry 10 years, 40 years, 20, 30 years and you compare yourself with others who are just coming in and you feel proud of yourself and you say, ah I've been here 10 years, I've been here 15, 20 years and these ones are just coming up and because of that you begin to feel some self-confidence like Solomon did and 
the Bible records. Please don't miss this point. Because that's what the Bible says. It is not when Solomon was young that he fell. He married these women that were of the hidden nations. They did not turn Solomon away from God when he was young. It is when he got older, the Bible says when he was old, they turned him to worship idols. Solomon withstood their temptations for many years. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. When did he marry Pharaoh's daughter? He was in his 20s, early 20s when he married Pharaoh's daughter. He died at age 70. How long had he been with Pharaoh's daughter? Who was Akpri? She was by and large a good person. But the Ammonite woman, that Ammonite woman, we will talk about her in subsequent devotions. Of all of them, that Ammonite woman, we will talk about her. I think her name is Maka. And then the, the woman of the Zidonians and the ones from the other hidden nations, they turned his eyes from God when he was older. The lesson for us is, let him that thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. That is what we are told in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, reading from verse 12 and 13. We are told in 13 that there is no temptation that comes to us, but God will make a way for us to escape. And in verse 12 we are told, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he falls. We must have that mindset of Paul, where he said that we should not consider ourselves as though we have attained but we must have a humble opinion of ourselves and consider ourselves who are still striving to attain to the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Have you been serving God and practicing the truth, maybe in health reform, dress reform, whatever reform it is for many years? Do not let that make you relaxed and you feel that you can place yourself in the presence of temptation and nothing will harm you. I once met someone who said, while, con while telling this young man, that he shouldn't watch movies and he said yes he knows he shouldn't watch them that he has stayed away from them for a long time and now he considers himself able to watch them and nothing will happen to him that he considers himself able to look at them and it will not affect him because he has stayed away from it for a long time what a self-deception that is i could look at him and say wow you are deceiving yourself Long years away from sin is no guarantee that when you come to temptation, you will not fall. The long years does nothing to give you any strength. You must continue to stay away. That is what we must do, continually turning away from evil. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he falls. And we need to really read this uh, mindset of uh, Paul where he talks about how he views himself striving towards the goal. He said in the book of Philippians chapter 3 from verse 6, he says concerning zeal, giving him his past record. And some of us can give a past record like that of King or like that of Paul. Reading from Philippians chapter 3, I'll start actually from verse 4. He says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. 
yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of the Spirit of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. So forget your experience of many years and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is to be the mindset of those who are older in age and they are not to consider themselves beyond temptation. And that is why Solomon had the voice of experience to give to the youth. So having seen what the old should do, that they should be careful don't think you are standing because of your long years of experience in ministry. It doesn't, it's not just about old age, but also about long years in ministry. Such people are to be the ones who will give counsel to the young, but they should be careful lest they fall. They should be careful that they think they stand. In Ecclesiastes 12, Solomon gave with his voice of experience to the youth. He had fallen at first, but when he got himself up, he had a lot to say to the youth. And that's another part of what we will look at today now. In Ecclesiastes 12, reading from verse 9, he said, And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies which are given from one shepherd. Amen. You know, we looked at that yesterday, how Solomon sought to write down things that will be immortalized, which we are studying even right now, and it is blessing us. He was indeed wise by for doing that. So, to the youth, he warned them in the book of Proverbs chapter 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That is the voice of experience there. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So he speaks to us in the voice of experience saying, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Amen. You see, one of the troubles of youth is that strong desire to conform to popular culture. The peer pressure that makes youth lose its individuality. Some youth want to be strong and have power. They are cowards and think 
that they can have all they want by making league with their fellow youth and in wickedness they get into cultism cultism and a confraternity solomon knows of these things many are afraid of being alone or being different so they cannot bear the singularity they are enticed by sinners their heart is good and they love to do good but there is that thing about youth that has no backbone to dare to be different in a positive way solomon understanding this writes to the youth with experience seeing the end of all such who have no backbone and the need of wisdom in youth he exhorts earnestly proverbs 1 reading from verse 10 my son if sinners entice thee consent thou not if they say come with us and let us lay wait for blood let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit we shall find all precious substance we shall fill our houses with spoil casting thy lot among us let us all have one purse hmm. what does this remind you of cultism armed robbery confraternities political groups that secretly are doing evil secret societies that is what this is about solomon is saying to you when they entice you to do these things do not agree and then in verse 15 he says my son walk not down the way with them refrain thy foot from their path for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird and they lay wait for their own blood they lock privily for their own lives so are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which ticket away the life of the owners thereof. Oh my. Who are those that are greedy of gain today, taking the lives of the owners thereof? Ah, they call them people that are involved in internet fraud. Yahoo Plus and G, as they say it is. And what do many of them do? They involve themselves in ritual killings, in rapes and murders why because they are greedy of gain but what will be the end of them it says they lay wait for blood they lock privily for their own lives whose life do you think you are taking it is yours solomon is warning this is the voice of experience so many youths today are flocking into internet fraud and in all kinds of schemes that will bring quick money greed is the source of all of that and the advice the voice of experience is saying come back my son sinners are enticing you do not consent it is better that you have a morsel with peace than to have your hands stained with the blood of another man you will not have peace i know of people who have involved themselves in these things and even to cross the road they are afraid to cross the road they are always looking at their back wondering whether someone is coming to kill them every evil thing they are happening that's happening to them they are thinking oh the lord is out to get them they are never in peace a voice of experience is saying come back there is a craze for money making in youth some youth who are wicked evil and forward steals and through some evil means gets wealth this is a snare to many youth like i said internet fraud and all other schemes of making this of money making and deceiving others and theft is the order of the day a lack of wisdom is the root and cause of this problem Solomon addresses this issue and says in Proverbs 4 verse 5, because it's a lack of wisdom, he says, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, 
neither decline from the words of my mouth. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. With the words like that of a sage and the voice of experience and understanding that, that sees the end from the beginning, he speaks of the end of all such who allow themselves to be influenced by popular culture and by the greed of their fellow brothers and sisters or people around them. He says in verse 14 now, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not into the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Then Solomon exhorts the youth to be hard-working, Instead of being wicked, he says in Proverbs 6 verse 6, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provided her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. You see, another thing that is the problem of youth is this matter of romantic relationships and sexual revelry. Solomon's ruin was this. It was women. Of course, there was one of greed, and that's why he could warn people about it. You see, if there are people who are good, well-qualified, to warn others about the danger of sin. It is those who have been in it and come out. And that was how Solomon was. Do not despise that person who was a former harlot or a former adulterer. They know better. And listen, you youth, sometimes you hear advice from older people telling you, don't do this. Avoid this. They are trying to tell you the barriers. It is not sin itself that is the real problem. There are barriers the Lord has placed. We've looked at this before. When you break those barriers, you are gone. The voice of experience will warn you against the barrier. It will not warn you against the sin itself, but some youth think they know better. For example, when it comes to social reform, like I said now, Solomon's ruin was women. And Solomon could trace from cause to effect. Some people just want to talk of the effect itself. Oh, sin, oh, adultery. That's not the main thing. Something is causing it. There are barriers that are broken before one falls into that sin. And Solomon, with the voice of experience, talked about it. Proverbs 6, reading from verse 20, he said, My son, keep, my, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. What is he saying here? Study your Bible. When you wake up in the morning, do your morning devotion. When you are walking around the road, be meditating on the, go- on the word of God. And when you sleep, you will find out that you will sleep in peace. And then he goes on, he says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. For what purpose? To keep thee from the 
evil woman or evil man too from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman or a strange man lost not after her beauty in thine heart neither let her take thee with her eyelids for by means of a whorish woman a man is brought down to a piece of bread Solomon was brought down to a piece of bread you know if not that the lord restored him he was brought down low and then he goes on to say verse 27 can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes be not burned can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned so will he that goeth into his neighbor's wife whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent he then delineates the slow steps that lead to the sin of fornication the simplicity of youth is very vulnerable they are easily led to sin they lack understanding and do not see danger where they ought to see it solomon seeks to give subtlety to the simple remember he said that in proverbs chapter 1 to give subtlety to the simple and to the young man knowledge and understanding in a bid to be social many youth fall unknowingly into the sin of adultery and fornication they did not intend to but not knowing the hedges and the rules that would preserve them from this sin they walk like a sheep to the slaughter into the sin of fornication and they fall headlong some never recover themselves before they know it they are ensnared in sin entangled into something they didn't intend to be in how many people in a bid to be just be friends with another person have found themselves in sin they say but we are just friends but it eventually is more than that the voice of experience speaks in the book of proverbs chapter 7 warning of the dangers of the youth that they are to beware of he counsels against going close to the house of one that we know we can fall into sin with he counsels against being alone with the opposite sex especially in the night or in lonely places the, he counsels against sleepovers, even for religious purposes. The way to evil is paved with good intentions. He also counsels against topics of conversations that will bring evil thoughts into the mind. Many, for want of wisdom in following these counsels, have brought an abrupt end or a slowing down to a promising career, whether secularly or spiritually. Because of a few moments of madness that came unknowingly to them, they fell into sin, into adultery and the consequences were huge wow then there were many sincere souls who have been ruined and their hearts broken through the deception of relationships they watch the movies and read books and listen to music and stories that overcharge their hearts with romantic sentimentalism they desire to have romance in their life which they mistake for love they will go with flowers and make it's their guide saying as they drop the petals of the flowers, dropping it on the floor, she loves me, she loves me not, she loves me, she loves me not, she loves me, she loves me not. They are crazy with romanticism. The Lord pities such people. It is inevitable that as we go through life, we will see people that we admire and our hearts will be called out in affection towards them. Sometimes we are drawn so strongly and feel so powerless that we go to profess our love to such people and ask them, can you be in a relationship with me? But even a few years of experience is enough to teach that all such feelings should be commanded to stand still. Solomon exhorts in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Don't go around telling ladies I love you or telling men I love you or chatting with people in a way that is perverse, that is arousing evil thoughts. 
let your eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. How many people have been sex chatting, I call it sexting, and then fall into sin through that chat? Eventually, they sin in the mind and later bring it into culmination in their physical actions. Solomon knew all these things and the voice of experience was his warning. Today, it is still warning. I know some young people who despise these counsels. In the book of Proverbs 7, we are counseled, don't go to that lady's house. Don't go to that man's house. I know ladies who have been to a man's house just to visit. I speak that which I know, not something I just heard from somewhere. That which is first-hand information. A lady going to another man's house is my fellow brother in the church. And then what happens to her? The rain there gets to fall and she has to sleep over in the man's house just because the rain was falling. She couldn't go home. And what happened to the heart, to her? The rest was history. Another lady wanting to have a Bible study with another man went alone to this young man's house not knowing who she was going to and the man tried to rape her, tore her clothes in pieces and if not that she was screaming, people came and banged the door and brought her out. She was naked, taken and covered with wrapper before she could go to her home. Why? Why? Because she was she didn't know. It's just the subtlety that she didn't have. That simple-mindedness. Some will say, but I have been to a man's house. I've slept over. Nothing happened to me. That is the bait. That is the example that others will see and will want to do what you did and will get into sin. The story for yourself will not be the same for them. These instructions we must be careful about. I'm not saying that one cannot visit the opposite sex and find themselves alone with the opposite sex sometimes. But there are times when you know in your heart that you have affection towards this person. That's the one you should avoid. You know you have affection towards this lady or this guy. And then you go to the house and you're with, or somewhere else you're just alone with the person. Be careful. Why are, you, why are you not keeping your heart? Keep your heart with all diligence. We are told let your eyes look right on. Look straight on. Keep your heart diligently. Don't be distracted. The feeling that you have will go away if you don't pay attention to it. Where is the girl you had a crush on when you were little or that guy? In your primary school, in your second grade, third grade, fourth grade. You had a crush on people. Where is the crush? Is it still there? Do you still have the crush now? What of when you were a teenager? You had crushes on people. Is it still there now? Do you still have that crush? Even now that you are older, single or married, especially even married people, do not pay attention to those crushes. They will pass. It is only for a while. Keep your heart diligently. When I talk to young people and you see them, oh, I love this girl, I like that girl, I tell them, look, you are not the only one. Many adults, when we were in primary school, in high school, we also had affection towards people. But where are we now? Where is the crush? It's gone. So don't pay attention to it. It will pass away. And that's the subtlety to the young. Calm down and don't give attention to those things. Also, the self-confidence. That was the chief reason for Solomon's ruin. He did not fail to exhort the youth against it. Solomon trusted to his wisdom, thinking that he was smart enough to break the hedge and avoid the bite of the serpent. He realized that some youth would imagine in their heart that they were exceptions to the rule or had superior strength to resist temptation and venture to places where they shouldn't go. At the root of this was a trust in one's own self and an undermining of God's counsels. Therefore, Solomon said, the voice of experience speaking to us today, Proverbs chapter 3, reading from verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. 
You see, Solomon had seen the folly of using his substance and wealth also to gratify self and understood the danger of forgetting God and the failure of all of this. He speaks of how to have true success also. In the previous passage I just read now in Proverbs 3, what Solomon was saying there is, don't have confidence in yourself. As you are hearing all these counsels, don't say to yourself, I can, I can do, go against it and I'll still get away with it. No. Depart from evil. Fear the Lord and depart from evil is what he said. Acknowledge the Lord. Let him direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes that when someone is directing you and telling you, giving you the counsels to protect yourself, you say, oh, I can do well without the counsel. You are being wise in your eyes. Then again, Solomon had seen the folly of using his substance and wealth to gratify self. And he understood the danger of forgetting God and the failure of all of this. He speaks of how to have true success by giving to God and his cause. Not just at any time, but remembering him first and giving him the best of what he will have. In verse 9 and 10 of Proverbs 3, he said, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. In remembrance of this, Solomon was saying to us, success comes not just by hoarding, but by giving to the Lord. That is how it comes. Honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruits of your increase. That is how you will increase even more. It is a principle that the Lord has given. And take note, this is not talking about wealth alone. It is just talking about every talent you have. Give to the cause of God, your skills and all other talents you have. In remembrance of the last part of Solomon's life where the Lord chastened him for his sins and how it was beneficial for him, he said in verse 11 and 12, My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrected, even as a father, the son in whom he delighted. Many things Solomon counseled in his proverbs. He more than made up for the evil he had done. Thank God that the wisdom given to him did not go with him to the grave. And thank God for preserving and immortalizing these words. Many souls have been saved by them. And many in the valley of decision, not knowing what to do or where to go, have turned to these words and found comfort and direction that has kept them from evil. One cannot begin to explain everything in specifics, but in general, Solomon knew what exactly was needed, which was which, when one has it, he will dwell safely. He said, in verse 13, he said, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared to her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Verse 21, My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then thou shalt walk in the way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Amen. Now, what is this wisdom that Solomon is exalting? In the book of Proverbs 8, for example, he talked of wisdom constantly. 
What is this wisdom that Solomon was exalting that he's talking about that the youth need to have? It gives, if it gives life, then it must be that Solomon was not the only one or the first person to have wisdom because he said that this wisdom will give life. In Proverbs 8 verse 36 he says, But he that sinneth against me, that is that sinneth against wisdom, wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. And in verse 35 he says, For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. So what is this wisdom? If others had found life before Solomon, therefore the wisdom being referred to is not that wisdom that God gave to him specifically. Is that wisdom that is eternal. Deuteronomy 4, reading from verse 5, tells us what the wisdom is. It says, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do so in the land whither you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely, this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great, who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great, that hath such statutes and judgments so righteous as this law, which I set before you this day? And what is the law being referred to here? Verse 10 and verse 10 tells us it is the Ten Commandments. Down to verse 13, he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded on you to perform, even ten commandments, and he wrote them upon two tables of stones. This is the wisdom that the voice of experience is recommending to us. It is the wisdom that is in obedience to the commandments of God. And then in conclusion. The voice of experience speaks to us, saying in the book of Ecclesiastes 11 from verse 7, Truly the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. And let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth is vanity. The person who is a youth thinks, that the world is at his or her feet and that things around him are for the taking. But wisdom is speaking to us and saying, there is judgment, remember. Even though you do as you please and as you like, what you sow, you will reap. It's not the judgment of God alone. Even in this present life, what we sow, we will reap. And in conclusion, in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 12 to 14, he says, And further by these, my son, and be admonished of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. I pray that this word shall advise every youth and keep us from different dangers that it's lurking around the way, but not just the youth, but even the aged, whether aged in years or aged in experience in the things of God. Let none venture into sin as Solomon did, is what we read. 
in the hope that they too may recover themselves, sin can be indulged only at the peril of infinite loss. But none who have fallen need give themselves to despair. Aged men, once honored of God, may have defiled their souls, sacrificing virtue on the altar of loss. But there is still hope for them if they repent, forsake sin, and turn to God. End of quote. That's Conflict and Courage, page 197, paragraph 3. So for us, old and young, the voice of experience is telling us to the young, be wise, listen to instruction, and don't think yourself wiser than the counsels given to you. To the old, be careful not to think that because of your long years of experience that you can place yourself in temptation and you will escape. To the old, the Lord says to you, let him that think he standeth, take it lest he fall. Let us pray. Holy Father in heaven, we thank you for the instructions you've given to us. The voice of experience indeed has spoken and I pray that as we listen to these words that we receive it into our hearts and that we shall not think ourselves wise in our own eyes, neither should we think that we have attained and think that we are standing. Help us to always be humble and to have no self-confidence but confidence in you, O Lord. Have we fallen? Are there aged people who have fallen along the way, Lord? Please forgive them their sins. Please forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and help us, Lord, to get up again that we may walk in righteousness and truth and do your will. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen.